Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipschutz, and I am an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York, on the other line in Los Angeles, is the California girls to my welcome to New York, Keith Caulfield. How's it going, Keith? I'm good. How are you? And what does that mean? The California girls to my welcome to New York. Hey, oh, we're bi-coastal. It's, it's like a sort of a East Coast, West Coast uh, diva like battle sort of thing exactly Got hey it. there's rumored beef between katie and taylor and now she's got the california song and the mm. welcome to new york song and hey the the east coast west coast feud is back on so it's a shame it's a shame we're uh we're we come from two different lands we come from two, two different coasts and now i and now i'm 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 the diva who's tried to like make your life difficult by stealing your alleged like Apparently. like dancers or stage hands or something is that it anyway. exactly exactly how dare you mm. well keith uh we we have a crazy episode today uh, we have a special guest uh kaiza is stopping by the pop shop Woo-hoo. podcast i know kaiza of hideaway fame also of take you there fame with jack you she stopped by to talk about her new album sound of a woman her debut out now and out now out now out this week and basically everything else going on with her her choreography some of the chances she's taken as an artist so that will be later in the show before we also start uh, once again a, a quick thank you again to darren chris who co-hosted last week's pop shop podcast it was an hour long it was a total blast it was our best episode ever i think on the pop shop podcast and in also terms of our longest listenership ever <laughs> definitely our longest <laughs> Yeah, Darren. Darren is a, a chatty guy, but he knows his stuff about pop music, so that we didn't want it to end. So. I felt schooled. I felt and uh, I felt very um, informed. And uh, I know, right? A lot of the comments I saw from people online were, you know, um, how it was a really intelligent conversation, a thoughtful conversation, um, just a good conversation overall. And and um, so yeah, so thanks, thanks, Darren. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thanks, Darren. We'll hopefully get him back on the Pop Shop podcast at some point. But if you missed last week's episode, again, it's always on Billboard.com as well as iTunes. Just search for Pop Shop Podcast in the iTunes store. So, Keith, before we get to Kaiza, before we get to Taylor Swift, Out of the Woods, before we get to the Hot 100 where Megan Trainor is still number one, but uh, and the top five is still all females, but some male artists might be creeping into the top five soon so we're going to talk about that but let's talk let's start this week with the albums chart country just keeps rolling back to back to back weeks we've had new number one albums by country artists first was blake shelton then it was jason aldean and this week florida georgia line first number one album and you wrote about it a whole lot yesterday and this morning um Keith, let's let's talk about this, man. Uh, how how much did this album sell? Um, well, anything goes is the name of the new album from Florida Georgia Line. It sold 197,000 copies in the week ending October 19th, according to Nielsen SoundScan. That is, of course, Florida Georgia Line's best sales week ever, and thus, as you said, makes it their first number one album. It's only their second full length album, so they haven't exactly been around for like a million years. That said, um, it's the third week in a row that we've had a country album at number one. Well, a different country album at number one because um, FGL follows uh, Blake Shelton's uh, Bringing Back the Sunshine and Jason Aldean's uh, Old Boots, New Dirt. So this is the first time that we've had back-to-back-to-back 
country number ones in over four years. The last time it happened was back in 2010 uh, when Zach Brown Band, Kenny Chesney, and Toby Keith uh, all had three uh, number one albums in a row in three different weeks. So um, yeah, it's it's there must be something in the water or at least something in the Bacardi uh, for, for so many country <laughs> acts to be hit number one. And the Bacardi reference is because Florida Georgia Line likes rhyming things with Bacardi and party. Party. Hey, who doesn't? Who, who doesn't? does not? So it's, that, that's kind of what I wanted to ask about these three albums. Like like you said, first back-to-back-to-back country number one debuts since 2010. Um, is this just kind of a coincidence that all these albums came out around the same time? Because it, it wasn't only that, but there, there were other country, like Lady Antebellum just put out an album. Is it just kind of, you know, that, that time of the year? Is it just kind of a coincidence that all of these albums are it's coming out within a couple weeks of each other? A little of both. I think... Um, I think some of it is it's getting to be that time of year uh, where it's we're, we're getting near the fourth quarter. Um, actually, are we in the fourth quarter technically yet? I think we might be. We are. Yeah, we are indeed, my I man. should know that considering I write about quarters and stuff. Um, I don't know why I'm talking like this anyway. Um, but it's that time of year where um, a lot of big albums come out, but also – Country, big country stars tend to put out their albums a little bit earlier than most, and I think it might have something to do with the um, Country Music Association Awards, the CMA Awards, which happen in yeah. November. So I think you want to get out your your albums before the CMAs happen. That way, when if you have the big splashy performance on the CMAs, that can help you sell some albums. I don't. That's not a very scientific answer. I no, thi- it's a good point. No, it's a good point. I, I mean, yeah. a lot of people forget about that. So I think I think that has something to do with it. Um, I don't think it's like a you know like Grammy eligibility type thing. You know, I think it's just more about the big award shows are coming. Let's get in before the craziness of Thanksgiving. But it doesn't mean there aren't there aren't more country albums coming. It just means that we had sort of a logjam, and it's kind of a timing, and it's kind of a coincidence all at the same time. Very true. So of the of the big debuts, and again another one. Um, Kenny Chesney had a number two debut a couple of weeks ago. So just a just a very fertile time for country albums right now. Of all of those that came out, I, I guess Florida Georgia Line um, was number one this week, but Jason Aldean kind of won the debut week battle. He had the biggest debut sales week of, of all of the ones that have come out in the past month, right? Yeah, yeah, and I um, don't remember what he sold off the top of my head, um, but he sold more. <laughs> yeah. Well done. That's why we have you on here, man. Yeah, so I can so I, I love can, it. So I can not tell you actually Ballpark. any information. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it generally sold kind of well. You know, it did pretty okay. It sold two hundred and seventy eight thousand. See, all it took was me to vamp for a yeah. second, and I have the number for you. <laughs> well, um, congrats again to Florida Georgia Line, uh, number one album, their first number one album. As you pointed out in your story, they still have the biggest country the best-selling country digital song ever with cruise seven million downloads thanks in part to nelly of course because of the the sort of rap remix that helped propel it to great heights on top 40 radio Mm -hmm. and um also want to say that um florida georgia line is number one on our artist 100 chart which is a chart that we started um recently like a month or two ago well a couple months ago and it ranks the most popular artist period across um uh, major metrics that billboard monitors like album sales and streams and uh, track sales and so forth and so you should check out the artist 100 it's if you like the hot 100 if you like the billboard 200 you'll probably like the artist 100 too check it out it's on billboard.com probably will for this low low price of free free i mean i i and to our listeners if you guys haven't checked out Keith's weekly Billboard 200 Top 10 Albums recap goes up on Billboard.com 
every Wednesday morning at 11 Eastern. Check that out because we're doing quick recaps of, of the top 10 right now. But if you really want to get into the numbers and get some really you know hardcore analysis, check that out every Wednesday morning on Bilber.com. So speaking of the top 10, we have a bunch of debuts this week, yeah, man. It's kind of it's kind of crazy it's week. We have Bob Seger, yeah. Bob Seger number three. You have You and Me, which is Pink and City in Color at number four. Uh, the game is back at number seven, and then Hoodie Allen is at number eight. Kind of kind of a crazy week, and then a little bit below that, U two. Hey, yes, U two themselves. Songs of Innocence, an album you might have heard of. At, <laughs> I know, you know that Bono guy. Um, number nine debut on the Billboard 200 albums chart. So let's talk about this. We actually talked about it a little bit with Darren Chris last week, but we had to cut out, like, just because the podcast was too long, we couldn't fit everything in there of the conversation. So we had to snip that that, that out. But we, we talked about how this album sold. I mean, the final number is, I think, 28,000 copies, yeah. which... You know, all things considered, you, you know, you, you think about their last album, No Line on the Horizon, debuted at number one with over 480,000 copies in its first week. So then the, you go from that to this, which is number nine with 28,000 copies, obviously just a fraction of it. But then you think about the fact that this album has been free for a month and whoever wanted to get it, all, all they needed to do was download it for free in, in iTunes. 28,000 is actually kind of good, right? I I suppose it's a way of looking at it. I mean, you know, considering that, you know, 26, I think it was 26 million people, or it, it, it the album generated 26 million downloads globally, according yeah. to Apple. Um, and that was just through October 9th. So I don't know what the most updated figure is. Um, and we don't, of course, know how many downloads that generated in the US because I reached out to both Apple and Interscope Records, which is U2's label, and neither one of them had the U.S. figure broken out. So as much as I wanted to try to draw a comparison to 28,000 copies versus X million downloaded in the, in America, yeah. you know, kind of like saying, well, look at how many millions it already generated in downloads in America versus how many actually sold. So really, at the end of the day, this is actually kind of not horrible um, because you can't you can't just look at the sales figure and say, Oh, it didn't do well. I'm like, no, look at how many downloads it generated. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's such a weird thing. It's really hard to judge this. Um, certainly, it was probably successful in in U2's eyes because they reached a whole boatload of people that probably would have never even looked at the album, um, and they got paid. Absolutely. So, <laughs> there you go. Absolutely, and as you pointed out, ninety six percent or so of this twenty thousand was you know, CDs and vinyl, because that that's who, that's who are going to buy this album um, when it's on sale in mid-October after being for, you know, available for free on iTunes for a month. People, completists, basically, who want to own Songs of Innocence, they want it for their record collection, for their vinyl collection. So there you go. You too, number nine debut on the Billboard 200 chart. So Keith, moving over to... The Hot 100, the digital songs chart a little bit. Taylor Swift replaces herself atop the digital songs chart this week. Out of the Woods knocks out her own Shake It Off um, with 195,000 downloads in its first week. 
And so let's talk about this, man. First of all, I, we haven't really talked about Out of the Woods. Do, are, are you a fan of the song? Yeah, no, it's great. We talked about we talked a little bit about it last a week bit, with, yeah. with Darren, but then he, he had a great Jack Antonoff story, and that kind of you know went into the woods a little bit. It went into the woods. Are we out of the woods yet? Are we out of the woods yet? Are we out of the woods yet? Sticks in your head. Are we in the clear? Are we in the? I know it's literally like so. Last week I was just walking around. <laughs> everywhere is saying our way out of the woods yet our way out of the woods and this week i've been walking out walking around everywhere just going welcome to new york welcome to new york so it's you know that taylor and, swift she and, gets, and she gets out of the woods isn't even a single from the album um i might I be know. jumping ahead of you a little bit but it's not even a single it's just sort of a teaser track <laughs> it's yeah it's it's kind of like the dark horse uh to it's it's dark horse to katie perry's prism as out of the Woods is to 1989, perhaps, or Dark Horse was just a teaser pre-release track. It wasn't a single at, at first. Yeah, and that, and that's the exact comparison I wanted to make was that when um, Katy Perry was previewing Prism l- this time last year, yeah, like you said, she put out Dark Horse as a as a teaser track. She put out Walking on Air as a teaser track. Both of them made Hot 100 debuts. Dark Horse ended up being the single after Roar to make the biggest impact. Unconditionally was technically the second single was a top 20 hit but dark horse was the one uh, that became basically her longest lasting hot 100 hit ever still on the chart <laughs> still on the chart dark horse is still on the hot 100 yes. it's crazy yeah so it yeah, anyway sorry um so anyway taylor. so going back to taylor swift yeah so out of the woods it debuts at number 18 on the hot 100 obviously shake it off debuted at number one as the lead single as you know uh, but out of the woods top 20 debut and yeah, man. I, I mean, I think it's just going to be interesting to see what song follows Shake It Off as the second single. Maybe people are really feeling Out of the Woods. Maybe people are really feeling Welcome to New York. Maybe it's it's something that we haven't even heard yet. I mean, that might be the, that might very well be the case. Well, a um, couple things I wanted to say about this. Um, first, she, as you said, she replaces herself at number one and Shake It Off moves to number two. And this is on the digital songs chart, not the Hot 100. Um, on the digital songs chart, she's numbers one and two. She's the first lead artist to have the numbers one and two slots on the digital songs chart since a little over two years ago when Taylor Swift also did it <laughs> at numbers one and two with We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together and Ronan um, at numbers one and two. Um, and in terms of, you know, it, why isn't this a single? You know, is it a single? What will be the single? Yada, yada. Uh, no one's actually heard we haven't heard the full album yet, even though the album comes out on the 27th. Um, it hasn't leaked yet. As f- right, Jason? Right? No, it has not leaked. Which is kind of surprising. Um, and uh, I was listening to an interview with Ryan Seacrest, or Ryan Seacrest was talking about the album the other day, and he listened, he'd listened to the whole album, and he said, every song sounds like a hit. Every song sounds better than the other. Now, granted, that could be just sort of Ryan Seacrest, you know, you know, um, promotion, like, oh man, Taylor's amazing, and every song is amazing, amazing. You know, know. it could be that. Well, I, I, I have, I know, I also know a couple of people who have heard the album and, and say the same thing. And therefore, and therefore, you, every every song that we hear, we're like, man, that sounds like a single. And the next one, you're like, that sounds like a single. And the next one, you're like, well, that sounds yeah. like a hit too. So maybe the whole thing is just full of twelve, you know, hit songs. It's just all nothing but hit songs. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, no, it's 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 a great point. And and the thing about like Welcome to New York. And we actually talked about this on the Must Hear Music podcast yesterday. Is that it? It it even is like I think Welcome to New York is a little bit of a, of a step down from Shake It Off and Out of the Woods. 
um, especially lyrically. I just don't think it's it's that amazing lyrically. But then you think like, well, yeah, this isn't even like this is isn't even a single. Like this is just the opening track. It's the lead. It's the lead song on the track list. Hey there, Mr. And Judgy like, man. Hey, no, listen. I, 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 they can't all be fantastic. And I, I love Shake It Off and Out of the Woods. And you know, I, I mean, Welcome to New York. It's like. It's still. I still think it's a very good song. It's just not a fantastic song. So my my expectations for this album, and I have not heard this album, sky high. Well, I mean, what's what's going to be cool is that next week this time we'll have heard the album. We'll talk about it on the Pop Shop podcast, and um, we'll have obviously a, a very early sales. Um, I have one already. If you want it. it, yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, so currently. As of Wednesday. <laughs> and this is super, super early. This is super early, um, but it's something that everyone's that watching for. Um, super early. The f- Industry forecasters project that her album could do between eight hundred and 900,000 in its first week. Um, okay. Now, keep in mind, her last two albums both started with over a million copies sold. Um, and that was, you know, obviously two and four years ago, I think. Um, yep. So for anyone to sell a million of anything... In, in its lifetime is enormous at this point because no one sells albums anymore. So for you to sell anything approaching a million copies in a week, meaning 800 to 900, and that number could grow, that number could change, it could be smaller, but I don't think it'll be smaller. Um, just to even get that big in one week is crazy. So no one should be like, wah, wah, not a million. It's like, ah. Oh, no, it's, yeah. It's like, do you realize like no one can even sell anything close to that anymore? Like, so this is a huge... Yeah. So that that's the, the last the last thing that was in that stratosphere was Justin Timberlake's 2020 experience. Yeah, which was like nine nine and change. It was close, but not quite to a million. Yeah. So we will see next week. We'll give you another update on Taylor Swift's 1989 sales forecast on the Pop Shop Podcast. So Keith, let's move on to the top of the Hot 100 chart. Megan Trainer, all about that bass. Still number one. Still it's number been number number one for seven weeks pretty crazy um they, i mean to put it in perspective fancy by iggy zelia was number one for seven weeks so it matches that run and uh yeah man i mean the top five still all females it for the seventh week in a row which is con- extending a record what are those what are those top five Keith? um well the top five this week on the billboard hot 100 are um as you said, Megan Trainer is at number one. You know, it'd be nice if something else was number one at some point. I mean, oh, come on. God love Megan. But I would like something else not to, uh, to be number one. So number one is Megan Trainer again. Number two, again, is Shake It Off by Taylor Swift. Uh, yep. Three from five is Bang Bang, Jesse J, Ariana Grande, and Nicki Minaj. Three is the peak of the single, by the way. Um, it already hit number three previously. Uh, four from three is Black Widow by Iggy Azalea featuring Rita Ora. And five from four, it's Tovlo Habits Stay High. So again, yes, for the seventh week in a row, we've gotten all ladies, all nothing but nothing but ladies in the top five. Maybe we'll get. So it again, I mean, it, this is this is a, a. I mean, I just think it's it's amazing. This is a record run for top five. I mean, it's it's kind of it's a little bit of an obscure chart stat, you know, but. It's a record that no, at no point in the history of the Hot 100 have um, the top five songs been all female for this long. It's just, it's crazy. It is. Um, so, Keith, what I, one thing I wanted to talk to you about today is as this record continues to go, as this streak continues to go, what male artists, what songs, I should say, by male artists could potentially snap that streak? 
So let's talk about a couple of them because one of them is is right outside the top five at number six. Yeah, Jeremiah. Don't tell him. Jeremiah. Yeah. Don't tell him. Um, you know the the. Because I'm looking at the points in front of me, because the way the, the way the way the Hot 100 works, it's all math. You know, we take all these numbers and squish them together, and out comes a fabulous spreadsheet with lots of numbers on them, and then we rank them by those numbers. <laughs> and which ones are bigger? They're at the top. So, the top five songs all have quite a bit more points than number six, which is Jeremiah. Okay. So he's still gaining, uh, whereas. Uh, Tovlo and Iggy Azalea numbers four and five are actually they declined a little bit this week but they're still quite a bit ahead so it'll still be a little bit before he can close that gap um, but he still could if he hangs out long enough if the song still has enough legs um, so that could finally break in the top five we'll see I don't know yeah. could be a while though yeah and and then a little bit lower uh, something that is continuing to move up uh, has an upward trajectory is uh is Don't by Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran's first top 10 hit now. It moves 13 to 10 on the Hot 100 this week. Um, and yeah, I, it's pretty crazy that this is his first top 10. When you think about like the A-Team and Sing and everything has changed, this is his highest charting hit so far. Wow, I didn't even realize that. I was just like, oh, Jason has to be kind of wrong with that. Let me quickly look. I'm like, oh, no, wait, he's right. Cool, um, man. I'm really glad that you, you doubted you with your that chart I was stats. Wrong. Well, sweet. That's you. You know what I mean. It's nothing but love. I was like, maybe Uh, he has this wrong. I wasn't going to say that out loud. Um, (laughs) I'm stunned. Uh, Yeah, Sing went to number thirteen, and that was his highest charting hit before. Um, That's amazing. I didn't realize that. And hey, did I just did I just pull pull a like? Did I just wow? I I don't want to say stump the chart master, but I feel like I kind of stumped the chart master a little bit with that. Well, if 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 that makes you feel good, go ahead. Um, It does. So no, it goes thirteen to ten. It had um, it was up three percent in overall points on the Hot 100. Um, so it's still a good ways away from the top five in terms of sheer yeah. points, and it's not gaining at like you know a breakneck speed. But um, it just seems to sort of be really kind of blossoming in the past few weeks, thanks to the video um, and increased airplay. So we could see the song actually you know motor into the top five, but again, it's still probably a little bit of ways away. And if you were to ask me, like, what song, just based on the song itself, uh, by Ed Sheeran has the best chance of being his first top 10 hit out of the ones that have come out, I would have, I definitely would not have said don't. I mean, it's just, it's it's a song where Ed Sheeran's rapping a lot. It's a song that, whose chorus starts with, don't F with my love. Um, it's, you know, it's an offbeat hit, but then you see a, a bunch of offbeat hits in the top 10 now, so... You know, congrats well, to Ed. You know, considering, uh, yeah, I I don't know. It's 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 just crazy. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, um, so a little bit lower. I mean, these are these are just kind of songs by male artists to just kind of keep an eye on. Um, I wanted to highlight three of these songs because you know they're they're in the top forty now, but and they're not in the top twenty. But I think they're just. They're worth, like I said, keeping an eye on because, you know, we do this sometimes on, on the Pop Shop podcast where we say, hey, this song is trending upward. It looks like it could be a big hit in a couple weeks. And then, you know, sometimes we're right. Some, sometimes we're wrong. We don't have a perfect track record. But, you know, I feel like we did a pretty good, good job. Hey, we called Nico and Vins when they were like number 92. We were like, hey, Nico and Vins, you better watch out. And uh, then they were a top five hit. Anyway, 
I'll stop patting ourselves it's, on the it, back. It's, it's okay. I also, I just want to say, I realized I made a slight mistake when I was talking about Ed Sheeran. Um, nice. I said, oh, you know, the video is like blah, blah, blah. I was thinking of the other video for Thinking Out Loud, um, you know, the ballroom dancing video. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't thinking of Don't. So I, in my head, clearly I'm such an Ed Sheeran expert that I totally botched everything in my mind this morning talking about Ed Sheeran. Um, so yes, I'm just as baffled as you are as to how Don't is a huge No, hit. well, the, and that's kind of the thing that is like, if you th- if you listen to Thinking Out Loud, which I guess is the the third single from X or Multiply, if you listen to that song, that makes more sense as like kind of like a crowd pleasing single. Kind of has that Jason Mraz "I'm Yours" vibe a little bit. Very like good, like a almost like a wedding song. And you know, don't like I said, a little bit more offbeat, but now his first top ten hit. Um, so g- jumping back to uh, again some of the songs by male artists in the top forty right now, worth keeping an eye on. Uh, Hosier, uh, Take Me to Church, keeps moving up, moving up kind of quickly now. Um, 40, it was 49 on the Hot 100 last week. It is 33 this week, so it jumps 16 spots. And, um, you know, Hosier, after this SNL performance, after he had a number two album debut last week, now has a top 40 hit, Keith. Yep, first top 40 hit. It was a big gain in sales. He had, um, I think it was well, a really a really sizable uh, gain in digital sales following um saturday night live you know there was a little bit of impact in the previous week but the way those weekend shows work is that they their impact bleeds into two different weeks so um and also um i think there were some complete my album transactions on itunes that would have negated whatever increase he would have had last week because the album debuted so we see the song actually re-enter the digital songs chart at six at number 13 with 64,000 downloads sold. Um, so it's 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 one of those weird uh, math uh, conundrum things. So yeah. he has a big gain following SNL and after his first week with the album. So the math adds up and he has his first top 40 hit. Well, here's, here's something else to keep an eye on is that Take Me to Church, this song is in a new Beats by Dre ad starring Uh-oh. LeBron. Starring LeBron. 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 <laughs> LeBron James, LeBron James, and like you know, it's it's kind of set to his return to Cleveland and whatnot. Um, it's a powerful new ad. This song is so old; it's like a year old. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but now it's really you know, really kind of taking off. Kind of like um, it reminds me of what Latch did with Disclosure a couple months ago. After being out for so so long, it finally took off in the U.S. So again, like I said, you know, it's number thirty-three, kind of very far right now from the top five, but. Definitely, definitely worth um, keeping an eye on, as we like to say. Others to watch, um, Nick Jonas, Jealous. We talked about it with Darren Chris last week. It actually dips on the Hot 100. It was 28 last week. It's 30 this week. But it is uh, its airplay is up. Its streaming is up, right, Keith? Uh, yeah, no. The song this, it had a you know had a momentary. I think it might, I think it's just sort of a momentary dip. I think the song will sort of stabilize itself, move back up because uh, its sales were down this week. But it's I think it's. It's it's not over with yet, so let's not freak out about it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it like it is a little jealous of the songs in the top five. It feel it feels like that, right? That it's jealous of the songs in the top that five. It's jealous of the songs that like Nick yeah. Jonas's look. Yeah. I can't number do it like thirty this week. week. <laughs> it's like eyeing the songs from afar and is like, I want to be in that top five. It's like so. you know, all you girls keep hanging out together. Why can't I get with your group? <laughs> and they're like yeah uh, we like you nick jonas come hang out with us you're pretty exactly um 
And then the last one before we have to move on is uh, Waves by Mr. Probs. Uh, another one moving up the uh, Hot 100. Where Where is that at this week? And, and I should say it's the Robin Schultz uh, remix radio edit. I think that's how it's Yeah, I mean, we, uh, we, on, the on chart. our charts, we credit it as just Mr. Probs Waves. We don't specify which version of it it is, but the, the, the version of the song that is preferred by radio is the Robin Schultz uh, remix, which is sort of an up-tempo version. Uh, it goes 32 to 27 on the Hot 100. Um, and, by the way, uh, when speaking of Ed Sheeran and Mr. Probs, when I talked to Ed on the red carpet at the VMAs and we were asking folks what their favorite song of the summer was, at the time he said it was Mr. Probs' Waves. And this was in you know late August, early September, before the song really did anything in America. Like It was just yeah. catching on. And I'm like, I don't know. That. He's like, you don't know that song? And then he sang a little bit of it to me. And I was like, oh, well, I can see why it's a hit. <laughs> and so, yeah, if, if you're, if you're on Billboard.com, feel free to go find my video with Ed Sheeran and you'll see him You know what? We'll, we'll link to it in the podcast cool. post. We'll make it that easy for you, man. It's that easy. We do um, it for you. It's all for you. We do it. We, it's all for you. So b- before we get to Kaiza, Keith, we got to talk about this one thing that you explained yes. to me this morning before we were, you know, while we were preparing this lovely Pop Shop podcast that Glenn Campbell is back on the Hot 100. Now, I, I can't even really wrap my head around this. How did this happen? What What's going on with Glenn Campbell on the Hot 100 in October 2014? So, Glenn Campbell um, is a country and pop music veteran. Um, had his biggest successes in the 70s with songs like Rhinestone Cowboy. Um, yeah. And he had a bunch of number ones on both the country and pop chart. One of the, the first sort of crossover uh, artists, you know, back at the time when like when Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers were crossing over, he was crossing over too. Um, in recent years, though, um, he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. And a couple years ago, he went on a final tour um, while he was sort of in the first stages of Alzheimer's. And 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 very sad, very sad. It is sad. And, and they celebrated him actually at the 2012 Grammy Awards with um, a tribute from the band Perry and uh, uh, Blake Shelton, who sang a couple songs. And then Glenn Campbell came out and did Rhinestone Cowboy. And, and it was a great moment. I was in the room in the audience. It was awesome. And everyone was singing along. And so there's a new movie, um, a documentary um, about uh, Glenn Campbell and his final tour and Alzheimer's. And it's called uh, I'm Still Me. And it just came out last week. And there's a song that was written for the film called I'm Not Gonna Miss You. And basically, uh, the, the, the song, I don't know when it plays in the movie because I haven't seen it yet. Um, and the movie's called I'll Be Me. I'm sorry, it's not I'm Still Me. The, the song itself is uh, uh, sung from the perspective of saying, you know, um, you know I, I love you and, and we've had these great times together, but uh, I'm not gonna miss you basically saying because i won't yeah. remember you you know shortly i won't yeah. remember who you are because i won't know who you are because that's what alzheimer's does to you um but so the the song there's a video for it and it's a very moving video the, the video came out a couple weeks ago but the movie came out last week and that's probably drummed up a lot of interest in the song because you hear it in the film um so the song itself actually debuts at number 90 on the hot 100 this week it is glenn campbell's first chart hit on the hot 100 since 1981 um so yeah, no, it's just it's just really cool to see Glenn Campbell back on the Hot 100 chart. Very cool, very cool indeed. I mean, it's, a, it's such an interesting story, and obviously a sad story. But you know, then you have something like this that really takes hold online, and you know, it's it's 
really cool. Number 90 debut. We'll see how long it lasts on the chart, but it's very cool to see Glenn Campbell's name on the Hot 100 in 2014. So, so Keith, uh, we got to get to Kaiza. Kaiza is an electro pop star whose debut album, Sound of a Woman, is out now, and it came out this week, so congrats to her on that. She had a Hot 100 hit with the song Hideaway. Uh, it was a, a huge viral sensation with a, a, a music video that really took off on YouTube, uh, thanks to its choreography. If you haven't checked it out, we'll link to that as well in the Pop Shop Podcast post. And um, yeah, she's had some great performances on David Letterman and collaborations with Skrillex and Diplo. And yeah, she stopped by the Pop Shop Podcast uh, to talk about all that and much more. Here is Kaiza on the Pop Shop Podcast. It's, I'm, I'm super anxious actually at this point because I feel like, I feel like time was going by so quickly up until I finished the album and now I just have to sit and wait for it to come out. So I'm, and I really, I just want to like share the music with the whole world, but I'm really, really proud of it. Um, it, the way, the way it came together, like I wrote a lot of, a few of the songs before I even put out Hideaway and then Hideaway never expected to blow up so quickly, so I thought I'd have all this time, and then it just exploded. So I was worried, like, where am I going to finish the album? There's no time. But we just managed to block off two weeks, really, and just got in the studio and just buckled down for those two solid weeks. And, um, and they were spread out of each other. But And the whole thing just came out very... Um, it was just... I don't even know where it came from. Every song, like there were no throwaways. Every song that I went into the studio to write made the album. So it's sort of just like from beginning to end, it's like I channeled the whole thing. And um, I had some really cool collaborations on there. And um, yeah, I'm excited because it has a lot of variety. Um, I think a lot of people right now see me as a house dance artist, but there's, there's some more dance tracks, of course, but there's also some more like, there's ballads, there's some R&B tracks, there's a bit of hip hop on there. Um, there's a, me just piano and vocal. So there's a lot of variety and um, I'm really proud of every song. Do you feel like that's where you got the title from, Sound of a Woman, because this is like a full, a total view of who you are? Sort of, I mean, Sound of a Woman is a song on the album. Yeah. And so, and I really loved the title. It was sort of had two meanings. For the song itself, the song is this sort of like, sort of woman standing up for herself for the first time, speaking her mind and finding that strength to just say exactly what she wants to say. Whereas Sound of a Woman as a title for the album, it just talks about what sort of, it, I was really vulnerable for the first time. I was just like, I'm just gonna open myself up and just spill all. and just talk about what I've been through emotionally over the you know past few few years and just let everything come out and ho in hopes that you know I feel like a lot of people go through good times bad times but sometimes they feel like they're in it alone but they but I find when you start singing music to people they they're like oh I felt the same way so I thought maybe let's just just be completely vulnerable completely honest just put it all out there and See if you other people connect to the music as well. You show me there's something more to us than the same old thing, no usual affair. I will never dream of your love till you take me there. It's definitely an ambitious album, and I, I feel like that's kind of expected just based on 
what we, everyone has already seen, just the Hideaway music video. I mean, you could have done anything for a Hideaway music video, but uh, obviously a dance track, but the, just the, the ornate choreography. And then you have, you're, you don't just go to The Late Show with David Letterman, you go outside of The Late Show with David Letterman and you have backup <laughs> dancers and you're doing your whole, like, yeah. is, that, is there just a drive in you where you see an opportunity like that and you say, I have to make the absolute most of this. I have to go out on the streets in front of the Letterman. I always think, what, has, what hasn't anybody done on this show yet? <laughs> Where it like, yeah, for Letterman, it's like, no one's gone outside yet, so let's go outside. And somebody's like, oh, we can open the fire hydrant. And I was like, great, can I bathe in it? Like, can I just run through it? They're like, okay, really? Sure. <laughs> so I don't know, I'm just open. I really love trying different things and I'm like to take risks and just have fun and do kind of crazy things that other people might not want to do. So um, every, every performance I do, I try to make it just unique and different. Absolutely. I, I mean, you, you mentioned the collaborators on the album. You have Joey Badass. You, you've also worked with just like, you worked with Jack Yu, you worked with Skrillex and Diplo. Yeah. Uh, you you couldn't have gotten every single person. Like, who is someone? This is only your debut album, but who is someone that you want to get like next time? Like, who's like the dream collaborator? It's so hard. You know, people ask me that question, and I I've been writing with a lot of people for a while, and there's some people that I always dreamed of working with that I ended up working with that it wasn't as good as I thought it would be, and then there's people that I did, I've never met before that ended up being the dream collaborators. So it's hard for me to now, like having experience as a writer, it's hard for me to say this is my dream collaborator because I don't know how my chemistry is gonna be with one single person until I'm in the room with them. Like Skrillex and Diplo, for an example, I never would have like thought in my head that I would have a magical musical chemistry with those two guys, but it just happened and I did. Um, but somebody that I always just really, really like, um, I really like, I really like Miguel right now. Oh, um, that I like, would sound amazing. Yeah. I, I would love to hear that. I think he's just amazing. There's this local artist called Blood Orange that I really like. Yeah, Deb Hines, that would be, oh. Yeah, Deb Hines is amazing. Hear, I can hear like a Deb Hines. <laughs> and we actually, we actually met already and I went to one of his shows. He's like an amazing live performer as well. So he, that would be really cool. And I don't know, like, I'm so open to, to anything, really. Um, I love the more spontaneous, unexpected things that, that come up, so. So again, thanks to Kaiser for stopping by and check out her album, Sound of a Woman. And Keith, I can't tell you what else Kaiser did with Billboard.com and with me specifically while she was here in um in new york in in the billboard offices in the billboard studios but we're gonna have something with kaiza up on billboard.com probably in the next week or so and i'm so 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 excited about it can i guess you can't guess Shoot. you can't guess because you'll you because because i'll probably guess what it is you'll probably guess what it is i honestly don't know what jason's talking about but i'm i'm considering her history i'm like oh wait what if she did Ooh, that'd be really cool if she did and then i don't want to say what it is because then you're like can't, no man he didn't she we can't didn't do that. we can't spoil it we can't spoil Fine. it but again we'll you know we'll we'll announce it when it goes live you can't say when it's going live but um thanks again to kaiser for stopping by and for having a lot of fun with us Keith, we got to wrap up, but before we do, it is time for your Charts Out of the Week. Hey, okay, so uh, 35 years ago this week, on October 20th, 1979, 
Herb Albert's sultry instrumental single "Rise" tops the Billboard Hot 100. I don't know why I'm talking like that. The I like your sultry voice. Sultry. One nine hundred Herb Albert. Anyway, the song <laughs> powered its way to number one. Um, thanks in part to exposure earned from its dramatic and repeated use on ABC's then-red-hot soap opera, General Hospital. Uh, The song scored a pivotal storyline, The Rape of Laura by Luke. Everyone remembers Luke and Laura in General Hospital. They eventually got married. But it started out where, actually, Laura was raped by Luke. And she was haunted by the song Rise. Like, every time she thought about the song, you'd hear this, like, in the background. (laughs) Anyway, the, oh the song God. was played a number of times in the show, helping spur sales and airplay of the record, and ultimately aided its rise to number one. Hey, Rise was later sampled in another number one hit, the Notorious B.I.G.'s Hypnotize, which hit number one on May 3rd, 1997. So if, you, if, if you've heard that song, then you've heard the, 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 the core part of Rise. Anyway, go check it out. It's a great song. And Herb Albert also recently returned to the Billboard, Hot One, or the Billboard 200 chart um, a week or two ago, which was his first charting album since 1987. And by the way, Herb Albert, he's the A in A&M Records. You probably have an album from A&M Records. He's the co-founder. Anyway, Herb Albert's amazing. Dude, so, you're popping off with chart stats this week. So, so there's you. a chart stat of the week. Herb Albert uh, hit I number one it, 35 years ago this week with Rise. <laughs> Thank you for the chart stat of the week. All right, Keith, we have to wrap up this week's Pop Shop Podcast. It's not an hour long like last week. We, we can't go an hour every week, but... um. Thanks again to Kaiser for stopping by, and we will be back next week to talk. Uh, I I have a feeling we'll be talking a whole lot about Taylor Swift next week, as well as some other chart goodness. Keith, do you have any parting words? Jason, 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 can't you see? Yeah, let's go out on Hypnotize, uh, which samples Herb Albert's rise. Um, here is Biggie on the Pop Shop Podcast. Thanks for listening, and take care. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me.